0: WDBM East Lansing.
1: thursday welcome to happy hour my name is brock oh my god <laughs> radio to finest, ladies and gentlemen well here's the issue uh slight technical difficulty but uh ian the thrasher walker seemed to figure it
2: out it was one button it was easy to miss i understand Chad. except
1: for it's it's your mic that's on my mic still isn't on because i uh, mean only... there it is oh woo! all right okay gotcha <sighs> That and uh the music com- that comes blaring through my headphones, it scares the crap out of me every time uh mm. the show starts. But- it's why that's
2: why I don't do not wear the headphones in here. Um I'm already deaf enough without
1: the Well, see I'm way too deaf, so if I don't use it I can't hear it. Anyway, welcome to Happy Hour. My name is Brock. Uh on the panel this evening, a mere measly panel because it's uh well, it's Ian and myself and uh Chaz. Our uh, engineer. <laughs> I decided to rename him Chaz. It's no longer a D at the end of your name. There, it's a right. Z. It's Chaz, because uh, that's your older brother's drug dealer name. A uh, couple notes. Uh, Dr. Kilometer and Jeremy are down in Detroit at the Tigers game, which uh, upsets me because they didn't tell me about it. And uh, there goes half of our show. Uh, and they said they might be making a, a call-in from uh, the Mexican village. is uh, one of their favorite places to eat and drink. Also, a quick note, uh, if you remember the show from last week, as uh, I well do, uh, Mitchell the Job Shadower was on uh, with a possible date, and apparently we screwed everything up because um, we, (laughs) my awesome personality, uh, I don't think it it went too well with uh, young Jill and uh we have not heard from them since that included we see usually here at happy hour uh we do the show and then the group of us all go out and booze it up at some local establishment and uh last week was no different and we invited uh andrew and mitchell and uh jill along and they said yes
2: and then and i was astonished yes. but yeah,
1: he said yes and then they ditched us they, they did that call after everybody left oh we're not gonna make it here's my thing um I, while I should apologize to Mitchell for uh, probably destroying his chances with Jill, and I should apologize to Jill for uh, being the jackass that I am.
2: Embarrassing I would, her to the entire community, well,
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. Uh, number one, you came on the show. You knew that was going to happen. But number two, we were just having fun. And uh, I, you know... I, I was just trying to uh, prove what kind of jerks guys could be as compared to the nice guy that Mitchell is. So,
2: He's a nice guy. He does seem like he's high a little bit <laughs> most of the time, but I, he really is a nice dude.
1: Yeah, so uh, Mitchell, we apologize, but um, if you don't come back on the show, it's your loss because uh, you're a high school kid and you're kind of emo. So um, we don't need any more whining anyway, so... Uh anyway, uh lots of stuff to talk about. I have a raging migraine as I always do anytime it gets hot out because it's hot as hell. I do not remember June, uh specifically early to mid June being this hot. But uh
2: Are you air conditioned at home, mom? No.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, see that doesn't work. See, the only thing the only reason Ian came in to be on the show was the fact <laughs> that the Impact has air conditioning. It, it
2: was the t- the tipping factor in my uh, decision to come in here. I was yeah, like, it, well, I could yeah, maybe I won't. And then I was like, weight air conditioning and i'm sweating just sitting on my couch so
1: i appreciate that and look chaz has headphones on so he can uh, join in the conversation you have uh,
3: did you just come from work uh, no, actually, I have to, sadly have to go to work once again today. Uh,
1: how late do you work tonight? Uh, till about two thirty in the morning. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Fun he, times. Yeah, good uh, times. We're not, not going
3: to say
2: where, but yeah. uh, but Charles works at um, a local establishment. He's sold me beer a few times. Yeah, you can get kegs. a few times in one night.
1: Yeah, you can you can get kegs <laughs> actually, at a certain establishment. Uh, yes. uh, one I have frequented for a n- number of uh, a number of years. It's convenient uh, location. Yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, I also know, uh, a number of the uh happy hour well Shannon who's not here uh, yeah, tonight she's a jerk too you know where she is uh we all went out to the bar on Monday, and i i haven't been going out to the bar very often lately because well i'm kind of old and uh, I have a lot of stuff to do during the week, and I it used to be—I used to be able to pull off going to the bar Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, or whatever. We went to uh, we went to the Riv on a Monday night, and there was a line to get in. You're kidding me. No, I'm
2: glad I didn't come then.
1: No, our boy uh, Brian Efros is playing bass in a band that was playing there, though, which I was not aware that uh, they've apparently had—they've been playing there every Monday for two years. Um,
2: you know, I was in there a while ago, and I think I saw them setting up. I don't know who this guy is, but.
1: Uh, have he, i met him you think oh he was an essay yeah oh well i, I may have met him but i can't put player. a face with that sorry yeah he's a bass player hell of a good guy uh told me he's moving out to be a uh uh to be a ski bum i think out in colorado or something so
2: because that's a legitimate profession it's
1: good times <laughs> lots uh lots of good times so uh anyway the bar was packed and uh anna was in town huh? which you missed uh-huh. out on uh and uh, we got to drink with uh the one thing, though, I've noticed from the RIV, and I don't know what it is, but uh, as I've gotten older, my body does not like certain kinds of beers uh, presented in certain ways. Specifically, and it's always seemed like this at the RIV, but uh, elsewhere as well, Labatt Blue on tap always gives me a headache, and I don't understand why it is. Uh,
2: I find that um, I've, over the last few years, I've become a serious beer snob. Yeah so like most um, beers that you get out of a keg at a party or anything oh, yeah. I can't drink Moosehead <laughs> I, I can drink Moosehead Moosehead's not so bad dude but,
1: that's like one of the cheapest ones what oh, but, it,
2: but it's actually pretty tasty okay. most like everything Miller makes everything Budweiser makes uh, sometimes Labatt, like I can taste the preservatives in it Oh yeah, and it just messes my head up
1: but see the difference is if you go to like a micro brew it's even worse like drinking mm, micro no. brew mm, beer mm, mm, mm. W- worse it. hangovers worse hangovers by far I would be willing willing to bet you you See, would have a worse hangover.
2: I'll tell you they say that that's the the opposite is true for a few reasons. Really? Uh, well, there's higher alcohol content typically in a microbrew, right. so that could be a problem. But um one of the causes of hangover, uh, dehydration for one, right, right? Right, right? So you drink lots of water before you go to bed, but um com- a loss of complex B vitamins in your system. Yeah. Which in a microbrew there's more yeast in the yeah. actual beer itself, and yeast is very high in B12.
1: All I know is I used to have a friend that worked at uh, at Harper's, and uh, let's just say we didn't spend any money, and we went in there nights and uh, got really, really ripped, and I always had the worst hangovers after those nights.
2: You know, I don't go to Harper's nearly as often as I'd like, mostly because yeah. I don't like a lot of the clientele. Yeah. I have that problem with a lot of the bars <laughs> in this town, but um, uh, yeah. like and i don't like waiting in lines or paying cover you right. know which is a, is a huge problem right. but um the times i have been in there when it's been pretty slow and i can just like sit at the bar and relax and not have to worry about like running into you know football players four times my size she, yeah. um i I've enjoyed it. Like their their pale ale, I love. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah, oh, I agree. I see. I, if you're going if you have a problem like Ian's where you don't like uh, waiting in lines and stuff, I admit I hate waiting in lines too. But during the uh, the twenty years of my undergraduate career, uh, going out to Rick's <laughs> and waiting in line was some of the, like times at Rick's were some of the most fun I had in undergrad. Uh, and while, you know, there was times where it was like, uh, we ran into, I think it was like TJ Duckett or somebody was there drinking by himself and we're like, come drink with us. So we got wasted with, you know, with a football player and it was good times. Um, the, the, the regrettable thing is though that I, I don't think Rick's has original bands at all anymore. I think. no, no, never. Well, that's only been within the past couple of years, because yeah. I, I played there in an the original band, but um, which is kind of Well, bad. I've only...
2: I'm 24, so I've only been able to get in there, really, for three years. Yeah. So...
1: Well, it's... I, I don't know. I... Well, there's certain bars that I will refuse to go to because... Landshark?
2: <laughs> that I don't want to name over the air. Oh, uh, I have no hesitation naming <laughs> bars that I think are shameful establishments, and the Landshark is one of them.
1: Well, the the, thing the is, dollar
2: was another, but, you know, well,
1: the thing is, rest in peace, dollar. Yeah, besides the Dirty D, they're all owned by the same uh, group of physicians, so one bar is the there's same.
2: So, there's several ownerships, actually. But
1: I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Carpers
2: and PTs are the same owners, for example.
1: Yeah, and the the guys. There's a PTs East and a PTs West. There's one in Chicago down mm-hmm. on. on uh, is that on Lincoln? It's in Lincoln Park. No, it might be on a. Uh... Where is it? All I know is I'd always go down there and see the same people in yeah. that bar that I saw in East Lansing. Yeah, basically everybody
2: from East Lansing who moves to Chicago just hangs out there and like what are they? there's a Ricks down there too. There is um, And like
1: well, I don't know. There's a Ricks in Ann Arbor. I don't uh, there's the Gin Mill where if you go to the Gin Mill in uh, in Chicago, it's like it, that's on Lincoln. That's right off of like uh, Halstead and Lincoln or something. But it, that's the bar where it's got a big block ash on the door and you walk in and it says, <laughs> right. Welcome to East Lansing. There you're guaranteed to see uh, people you went to school with. Right? I'll avoid the gym,
3: then. <laughs> as much as I don't want to interrupt this, we got Dr. Kilometer and Company on the line. You know awesome. what?
1: I almost don't want to answer the phone, but uh, hey, uh, Dr. Kilometer.
0: Brock, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Why Why do I'm, you not want to talk to us? I'm pissed.
1: You told me to call in. I'm pissed because, A, you didn't tell us uh, you weren't coming in.
0: Well, you weren't at the director's meeting, says Jeremy, and he told everybody at the director's meeting.
1: Well, I sent an email out last night, but I'm not going to argue that. Uh, also, you know, the, the, uh, the, the audience is missing out because, according to Mitchell, the job shadower, uh, you keep the show together, and this is two weeks in a row that the show has just fallen apart.
0: Well, I'll I'll commit to being there next week. I could be un- unemployed next week. My company got bought. Oh, nice.
1: That's what Jeremy t- told me
2: the other day.
0: Yeah.
1: Your working from home may no longer be an option. Oh,
0: yes, I know. I know. I might have to uh, flip burgers down at the local King.
1: Nice. So, are are you guys are you guys at the game right now? or Are you in Mexican Village?
0: Uh, Jeremy told me to call in. He thought it would be funny if I called from Mexican Village. So I obeyed his orders.
1: <laughs> Is the game over?
0: The game is over and uh, Detroit lost uh, again, six to five. Yeah, it was it was close. We had had a guy on third uh, with two outs in the ninth inning, and uh, there was unfortunate events. So oh, uh, we we all just got finished uh eating some chimichangas and beans and rice and delicious Mexican Oh,
1: chicken. I do not uh envy your house uh, later this evening. I, well,
0: I live there alone. So oh, okay, I well, swallow in my own stink.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so who all, who all is with you? You, Jeremy, and who else?
0: Me, Jeremy, Sean, and Pat Crane and Andy Koval. Oh and my
1: Hollywood other. Andy Kovals there?
0: Hollywood Andy Covel's here, would
1: you like to speak to him? Uh yeah. Put Hollywood Andy Koval on that line, please. For those of you who don't know, by the way, uh Hollywood Andy Koval is our Hollywood uh update machine, although we haven't talked to him on the show in a long time. But uh
0: Yeah, and I don't think I have many updates for you guys. Uh
1: Hollywood Andy Covel, what are you doing in Detroit, brother?
0: I just came back to visit uh friends and family. Good
1: times. How is uh, how's LA treating you?
0: It's treating me very well. Yeah yeah you, you, what's going on and uh yeah
1: you haven't partied with any uh famous people or anything
0: <laughs> not 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 quite i'm not that uh, i'm not that tied in yet
1: okay well how long are you going to be in town
0: i'm gonna be in for the weekend
1: oh yeah are you going to come up this way at all
0: yes uh, all right.
1: we'll, be well i'm sure i will uh try to catch a beer with you if you guys are going to be around
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: Awesome. Well, punch, uh, punch, Doctor Kilometer and Jeremy in the arm for me, and Will do. Uh, and we'll uh, talk to you later.
0: Sure thing.
1: All right. All right. So yeah, uh, I love the show as as it's my vehicle for talking to uh, friends. <laughs> that has absolutely nothing to do with our hey, audience whatsoever. Like, so, so what's
2: up? What'd you do this weekend? You yeah. Know, yeah like... uh,
1: hey, what's going on? No, you know, Hollywood Andy Koval was a feature on our show for a little while, and then he just stopped calling because I think he got busted at work. So, uh, by the way, you can add your input as well, four three two three eight nine three the phone number, uh, Impact Happy Hour. It's my screen name via AWOL Instant Messenger. There are websites, uh, impact89fm.org. If you go to the podcast uh, section, you can check out past archived shows of Happy Hour. Uh, also, uh, myspace.com slash Impact Happy Hour and a Facebook profile for Impact Happy hour
2: Uh, did i tell you um gomio and i are now officially friends on myspace
1: that is awesome did you i just found out today he sent me uh gomio who is our japanese correspondent it is 9 a.m uh in japan friday morning right now he uh he sent me a, a a link to his live journal which oh, is, man. Which, uh, Gomyo, dude, you're almost 40, uh, and you have a live journal. Uh, it's bad enough that I have one, but uh, nonetheless. He, uh, the, he sent me an email regarding Japanese, how do you pronounce it? Emoticons? Yeah. Emoticons? And the little smiley faces, yeah, yeah. They're different from American emoticons. How How so? Uh, I don't want to tell you over the air. Oh, it's it's not uh, arable content. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my. Well, because I mean, like, well, not in not in like a disgusting way. It's just just sensitive. I would put it. I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. Break.
2: This is you said emoticons, and this one, this is one that always got me. The one that has the little dollar sign for the mouth. What the hell does that mean?
3: Yeah, I don't know. They're they're talking money. I don't know. Put your money where your mouth is has always been something. Oh, Chaz!
1: Maybe. Wow, Chaz <laughs> breaks in with the uh, the brilliance. See, somebody knows what they're doing. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't put emoticons. I just write what I feel. I'm one of the last of the generation who actually writes out full words and sentences. So,
3: lol. You silly fool. g 2 g
1: <laughs> Rofl. Omg. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to some other exciting things. Uh, I um, a- as it is hot, I've always wondered. I've seen other people that do this. Um, should I shave my cats? do you know people, do, you, do you have friends that shave their cats is that a
3: serious question Yeah. No. look,
1: look
2: I, <laughs> i've never been asked that kind of question before I, um, should, look, I, should i shave my cats <laughs> you had to see the look on his face he had this just very like
1: legitimate like I, it's, it's a legitimate question my dad is a veterinarian uh and i, ask I know him. i know people used to do it all the time um but uh do your cats seem to mind the heat? Well, they're they're laying around like dead animals, and they just that...
2: shed the whole summer
1: long, yeah. don't they? Yeah, yeah. But I also worry. So about for the...
2: cleanliness, you may just want to sh- just sh- sh- get sh- out the clippers, man.
1: But yeah, but what about their poor little senses of of. Uh... Wouldn't they be embarrassed to be naked all the time? You don't take all of it off, I don't think, do you? You could do like the lion cut so they have a mane and like the bush at the end of the tail.
2: <laughs> Hell
1: yeah, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen a cat with all tear off? Or oh, like yeah. even parts? The, the, the differences in color in their fur yeah. is differences in skin color. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy.
1: I don't know. I was just thinking that today while I was sitting in my computer watching my cats laying around like they were dead. Uh, yeah, I am a crazy cat guy, by the way. Uh, we were going to talk about Dr. Kilometer's trip, but we'll uh, we'll save that for next week. Uh, for those of you who follow news of more important stature, you'll notice that the FCC uh, got their hineys handed to them by a uh, district court in New York City, basically telling them, um, and of course we have to be careful about how we do this, but not as careful as we used to be, uh, basically um, there are certain words that would, uh, should you utter on air, would cost a significant amount of money.
2: One beginning with an F, first example. Exactly.
1: Well, the this court decided that the FCC can no longer find fault, find stations at fault for airing that word by mistake because it is an utterance of frustration. Uh, and if the vice president and the president of the United States can use it in the public forum and on the floor of you know Congress or whatever, then stations shouldn't uh, get in trouble for it.
2: it. It no longer means necessarily a sexual act.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And that and it's like... I, are there really people that think it 's a big deal anymore? I mean, I could understand not wanting your four year old kids to hear it i i wouldn 't say it for my mother oh I, my mother 's the one that taught me how to say it <laughs> well my in all its glorious forms, uh, my mother swears like well, she used to uh, I, I, until she found Jesus I, well, my mom is a very religious
2: woman and always has been, so that 's part of the reason i, I I don't know. I mean, I can see why they don't want people just, like, being, like, bleep, you know, this, that, the other, and just, like, using it a ton. Right. But
1: if it slips out... I don't know. I think it's so... I,
2: I can understand the argument for not finding someone for, like, like if it happens, like, once on an accident. Right. Thing. Do
1: you remember... It was probably... It's been probably, like, three or four years now. Do you remember hearing that story about the guy in the canoe that got yeah. really frustrated and used the words in front of... Uh, women and children. Women and children and got a ticket for it?
2: Be- because there are still counties where those laws are on the books. Yeah.
1: Know? Yeah. I, I don't. I think everybody in the next 10 years, everybody's going to be so desensitized to everything thanks to... Namely, internet porn and uh, violence. No, seriously, I really believe that within the 10 years, uh, censorship on network television and the like will be significantly less unless we get even more fundamentalists. I was just
3: giggling about internet porn.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: it's pretty pretty funny. We just
3: need President Bush to talk about how he watches internet porn. Yeah, then we can all. uh, Wait, what was the other thing you're hoping for? Will be desensitized violence? I guess that one's already pretty bad. I was going to say, yeah, you can't get the
1: (laughs) the violence aspect is pretty... leading by
3: true example. When the vice president
1: can shoot a dude... Yeah, in the face. (laughs) Uh, I think we uh, we can get away with it. Uh, Also, uh, so yeah, the FCC. Um, I was we gonna talk about moving girlfriends because I had to do with Doctor Kilometer's trip, but again, he screwed me, so uh, we can't talk about that. You know, something I I have been uh, I haven't really discussed on the show too much lately is uh, I, every summer we I put together a uh, trip for the Impact <laughs> staff. I, uh, I it is the most incredible pain in the rear to put together a trip, and this is for me, like uh, twelve people, thirteen people, maybe.
2: I think I'm the only one that's been responding to your emails being like, yeah, whatever weekend's cool, it's fine, just let me know.
1: Everybody's like, well, I've got this, and I don't know if we can do that, blah, blah. I'm like, it's a weekend, it's Labor Day weekend.
2: I'll make room if it means that I can go hang out by a lake on a boat, and drink beer. Right. Those are three things I love. (laughs) Water, boats, and beer. So, like, I don't see why everyone's whining so much.
1: I I will say the hard part is getting everybody just to commit because uh, everybody around here is so big and important. They have so many better things that could possibly happen between now and uh, Labor Day. Brock and I don't have lives. uh, That's what translating into. This is true. But you know what's even more difficult and ridiculous is a lack of uh, affordable places to go... And take a group to go up north and, and spend time. like This
2: time of the year, absolutely.
1: I, I, well, first I, of all, the the big, the big issue is if you want to rent a house anywhere like, say, Houghton Lake, Higgins Lake, or even in the UP, uh, like 99 times out of 100, you have to rent the house by week. They don't rent them out by weekends. Which uh well we don't want the house for the week, and a lot of the places like you'll notice um and I would love to see why it is, but I would suggest that it's probably has to do a lot to do with g m but a lot of the houses like that they used to rent out on uh, on Houghton Lake and those kind of lakes have been the houses have been uh sold, and they're now
0: people are
1: yeah people are living in them um. And it's really, it really kind of sucks, so I, I can't believe, I, I, I have all these uh, memories of being a kid and going up to all these places when I was young, staying, and half of those places don't exist anymore. Hell, Holden Lake isn't even up north anymore. When your cabin is across the street from the Super Walmart and Home Depot, it's not exactly up north, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm having a, a heck of a time trying to find stuff. We might be uh, relegated to use my my cabin again. So.
2: I'm totally okay with that. There's water near there, and yeah, we can get is, a boat. So it, uh, yeah,
1: it uh, it's true. So
2: I I'm not picky. I mean, the, you you're talking if you're talking about the middle of nowhere, that isn't even important to me. One of my favorite places in in the state of Michigan is is the Mackinac area. Oh yeah. And I mean, there's a campground a few miles east of the bridge. That that's where I usually go. And no, it's not super secluded or anything. And it would be, yeah, busy and difficult to get into maybe this time of year. But early in the spring or late in the fall, and it's or early in the fall, I guess, late summer, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite places to be. And I, just, just to be on the lakefront is great to me. Yeah.
1: Actually, surprisingly, um, <laughs> uh, Gomeo uh, sent me a link uh, about porno- pornogamy. Uh, it's the dirty take on the Japanese art of origami. I will be watching that later. Origami. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty strange. I'm interested. <laughs> put put
2: that, put that on the MySpace. Uh, I wanna uh, see yeah, this. I will.
1: Uh anyway. Uh you'd be surprised there's a lot of places that aren't that are all wide open for uh, Labor Day weekend they're all wide open they're just pricey oh yeah, yeah. people want like I, I should show you the houses that are on like uh, the Grand, uh, Grand Traverse Bay and you know on, yeah. on Lake Michigan forget that yeah. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> to
2: me it's not I don't know if I have to blow that kind of money
1: yeah that's what I'm saying uh, moving on uh, a couple more things before movies um, I've noticed and for those of you who uh, are here the summer taking class I feel your pain however one thing I've noticed is I've gotten older uh, and significantly older Older than the people in this class that I'm taking because it's like a 200 level undergraduate course. So but you're it's, like it's 10 prerec- years older than everybody. Yeah, around, yeah. 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 Well, actually, not not necessarily because there's a lot of people like myself in this class because it's going a prereq to school. Yeah. yeah. But I'm finding more and more that I have that this class is one of those like I'm finding with classes in general that I don't have to go and can still do well on the exam. The funny thing is about a lot of classes, and it depends on the major, but you can figure out the way. Teachers are taught to teach, sure, and then you just figure out how you need to study for the exams, and it's uh it's making out for a better summer than i thought <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's
2: going well for you uh, I'm not taking anything this summer
1: really yeah. uh, I just t a in I have not had a summer off, and wait, i thought you had to, I thought you had to take something to t a no nope. not in the summer you don't oh, that's right not
2: in the it's optional oh. i I might end up taking some credits the second half of the summer just because they're gonna pay for it if I do. So yeah,
1: uh, you can't you can't miss out on that. Uh, thankfully, uh, Ian in the studio with us here on Happy Hour. Uh, by the way, four three two three eight nine three uh, Impact Happy Hour. It's a screen name via well instant messenger. Uh, all things nerdy. Uh, Ian is hip to it. Did you uh, did you see that Mister Wizard died?
2: Yeah, um, I wasn't like a huge Mister Wizard fan, but it's more I'm feeling uh, sympathy pains for <laughs> lots of people I know because I mean I didn't grow up with Mister Wizard like a lot of people. Right. Um, I grew up, I was a Mr. Rogers guy. Yeah. And I was a Thundercats guy. <laughs> and, um, was we'll, Captain we'll-
1: Kangaroo your time?
2: You know, Captain Kangaroo was on, but I didn't really watch it. I I was definitely, I was even more Mr. Rogers than Sesame Street.
1: Ian was watching uh, episodes of Nova by the time he was six instead of watching Sesame Street. I miss Nova because it's really hard. (laughs)
2: Like, you can't find it on, uh, on like, we have a PBS right here coming out, broadcasting out of campus. And um, the programming just isn't the stuff that I always have loved about PBS.
1: I watched Nova last night on wkar
2: but it's late night though
1: no it was at, really uh, seven or six o'clock oh, shoot <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, i might have have to make some more appointment television for myself then with yeah. nova
1: and uh, what do you think about the whole uh the paris hilton thing uh i i,
2: <sighs> I don't care that much yeah, I, I think it's really over covered and really over exposed um I think it's uh, freaking ridiculous that she went to jail for two days and got out for undisclosed health reasons. I'm putting finger quotations around that. Um, But then they put her right back, and I think that was the right decision. And let's just all forget about her while she sits in prison for a while. Like, I think we just need to detox from Paris Hilton for a few weeks or months or however
1: long she's actually going to be in there for. uh, I think it's like a month. Or forty-five days or something. Here's the thing that I think. I think it is completely overcovered. But I see uh, on both sides. I agree with both sides. First of all, I agree with the side. That she's being she's being made. Um, they're making a uh, example example or, of absolutely her good because most they did a study actually put it out today that she's serving t- more time than the average person would. But they're only they're doing it because they're trying to prove a point that celebrities don't get, a, which is stupid because we've always known celebrities get out of everything.
2: Well, uh, there, there was some judge I heard him, him say, make some statement. or maybe He wasn't a judge. He might have been like a, uh, a uh, state lawyer somewhere in the country. And I don't think it was from that area. But he said that he didn't think she should serve like anything more than she already has because uh, what else – then what's the point of striving to be upper class if you don't get those kind of benefits? Yeah.
1: Well, here's the thing. like, Which is
2: the most absurd thing to me in the world. Right. Well, that he- That would mean Bill Gates could just like – slit babies throats and just like <laughs> and laugh about it on television uh, uh, and not know, have any problems.
1: Okay, well here's the thing though. This is what I don't get. Okay, you've got somebody like Paris Hilton Uh, who gets busted driving on a a, a suspended license.
2: Drunk driving on a suspended license. Well, right, okay.
1: So it's a pretty minimal... It's a traffic. As far as as crime goes, it's pretty minimal. I know lots of
2: people who've gotten off pretty light for similar things.
1: Right, I understand. But here's what I'm saying. This uh, person, Paris Hilton, has more money than any of us could ever even imagine, Right. So why are they? In, in, why they're making an example out of her, and they are spending uh, a lot of taxpayers' money on her? Why don't they just find the hell out of her and call instead of putting her in prison? Why? Do, I, I'm,
2: I'm a fan of the, of the the fines, and there's um a, there's there were at one point there were several European countries that were doing this where um you're they felt like. It shouldn't like a speeding ticket is a speeding ticket is a speeding ticket, regardless of who you are in this right, country. Right. Um, there's the argument has been made that, um, re- regardless of what your punishment is, it should be a punishment because to you know, Bill Gates or Paris Hilton, she gets pulled over, it's a $200 speeding ticket, it's
1: nothing. Yeah, I understand, right? That. Whereas
2: me, I'd be you know, eating ramen noodles for a month and a half <laughs> if I got a $200 speeding ticket or whatever, you know. So, like, the the it should be penance, like, for what you're doing wrong. So, like, you break the law. They uh, fine you appropriately to stress your right. your situation. So if you're exorbitantly rich, they give you an exorbitantly high yeah. fine. I think it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, I'm all for it. I, I, I understand the uh, the desire to make an example out of her to show that... The court systems aren't uh, loose on celebrities, when in fact we know that they, they are. are. Uh, that's just the way it is. They're, uh, if you come from a great family, if you're wealthy, if you're a celebrity, you're going to get lenient lenient action. But you're, I mean, that's just the way it is. It's America.
2: But they're choosing to make an example out of her, and it's sort of the, one of those things that, like I said, I know people who've gotten out of, um, you know, drunk driving charges or, or driving with a suspended license charges pretty lightly. Yeah. But a judge could choose to make an example out of anyone. In this case, they're doing it with a celebrity. And they're giving them the full extent of their legally acceptable punishment, which I'm totally okay with. Yeah. I I don't feel any sympathy for her whatsoever, I guess is what I'm saying.
1: See, I I kind of do. They're
2: putting her because- in her own cell. In the celebrity
3: wing of the prison, she's got, like...
1: Yeah, but it's still prison, and it's still wasting taxpayers' money. Think, that's all I'm saying.
3: I think the key that I think of is she doesn't have her cell phone. She has no communications with the outside. Yeah, but
1: I understand Darn. How, right? That's
3: something that she, has to, she lives for, that she is a socialite.
1: Well, I know, but if they think about it, she's even more popular now than she ever was. Uh, so they're adding to her potential income. They're spending taxpayers' money. Uh, Gomeo agrees with me and, and thinks that... Uh, uh, he uh, finds should be a percentage of your income or worth, which I agree.
2: Right, that's what we were saying. I mm-hmm. think that's I've, a great idea.
1: I'm curious. Hey, Gomio, um, and I know this is a great radio because I'm talking to a guy over in Japan, and, and he's responding stream, to you uh, over uh, instant messenger. Uh, instant yeah. messenger. <laughs> but I'll be Gomio's voice. Uh, how I, I'm curious. It's the whole Paris Hilton thing is super pervasive in the American media right now. I'm curious as in other countries, right. like in Japan, are they talking about Paris Hilton like nonstop? I mean, I, I, I would hope not.
2: <laughs> I would hope not. They have a whole other set of... Lo- like, their whole celebrity system is a whole nother thing. Yeah. Like, they have their own thing, and... Weird, like Japanese pop
3: music. Are you familiar with any of this
2: at all? I,
1: I am. It <laughs>
3: is the weirdest, like, just scene in the world. Right. Not that I don't want to hear about Japanese pop music, but we have a caller that may have wanted to comment on Paris, but he might have called just for the porn, is what he was kind of a uh, oh, talking about. No. So, if you're interested in taking it, be weary. <laughs> we,
2: uh, yeah. we, we, we we have to remind you to keep it clean oh, on
3: the he, air. You okay? knew he, 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 he sounded like he was a many-time caller from the way he was talking.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, we'll uh, we'll probably talk to him after the break here because we're gonna take a. Uh, take a, a little break here in a minute gomio says in japan they are talking about paris hilton uh but not, oh, no but not nearly as much and then he says uh j-pop sucks <laughs> so yeah yeah i think he's uh i think he's uh, siding with you on the uh, japanese pop it's
2: just i I, don't, I like regardless of what you think of it as art or as music it's just weird <laughs> <laughs> like the whole, like the fashion and the ever, uh Japanese popular culture is interesting to me because it's just so bizarre. Yeah, their television, what I've seen of it, is just the most. Uh, I don't. I I can't even talk about I'm telling this anymore.
1: You, I'm telling you, Ian, you need to get a degree in anthropology and just uh, study other things and then come back to the show and tell us all about it. Uh, it's something else. I was curious to get uh, serious to, um. Oh by the way, uh Gomio is telling us what to tell the caller. <laughs> I love this. Uh you can search for the uh, pornogami, the uh the origami with uh the uh, adult themes. Adult themes. Apparently it's on YouTube, so it can't be that bad. So um that is where that is. Uh I'm curious because uh, Ian is a music nerd uh even more so than I am. I'm curious to see what you think of the uh the new Paul McCartney record Memory Almost Full is exclusively being Don't sold care through
2: starbucks don't care really i i think paul mccartney i mean uh, like he's made massive contributions to popular music uh um but you know when was the last time he put out a new record that was significant yeah to you know the state of music today um i think it's it's stupid that he bothered signing with the starbucks record label dude you can put out anything you want and go anywhere you own. want with it. And you could finance it all on your own if you wanted to. Um, why Why would you go with Starbucks?
1: I, I think it would have been a smart idea about five years ago.
2: I, see, I still don't think it's a smart, a smart idea for Paul McCartney. I can see why Starbucks wants him. Oh, yeah. But I don't see why he wants Starbucks. Because, I mean, what have they got that he can't already get for himself somewhere else?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think he's trying to appeal to the younger generation, but I don't hey, know. Sorry, Paul.
3: I love <laughs> you, man. But you're not going to succeed with that. So for the more musically inept like myself, uh, there's actually a Starbucks label.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah.
3: It, 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 Paul McCartney is the, the first artist signed to the yeah. new Starbucks record label. Oh, okay. So that's just starting off kind of yeah. idea? Yeah. Oh, well, right.
2: they did it, they, for, you used to be able to buy stuff through them. Oh, yeah. But it was like compilations and stuff, so it wasn't like exclusive was- content in any way. Right. Um, But it was, you know, like... Like, When the the new Pearl
1: Jam record came out, like uh, J Records, you could get it through Starbucks.
2: Well, I know, and they had had albums that were, like, compilation-type stuff that was Starbucks-branded and in their stores, but it wasn't, you know, their own record label, because none of it was, like, exclusive content or anything. Mm -hmm. But they started this, and Paul McCartney is the first one to sign on. Uh, I'm baffled as to why he did it. I still think he... And he could have gone anywhere he wanted. Why a coffee shop (laughs) record label.
1: I I honestly don't think why anybody in this day and age is trying to invest and start up things in physical music uh, in general. (laughs)
2: Uh, As long as they're still selling albums in a physical form for reasonable prices, I will continue to buy them. I'm a liner notes and um, cover art junkie. Yeah, like, but you can I download have, them now. It's not the same. Really, I I I can't I can't pour over liner notes as I'm listening by looking at it on my computer, and I don't like to print stuff. Like I just don't. So like I have bought stuff off of iTunes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of stuff I bought off iTunes, I can't even tell you what the cover of the album looked like. Yeah, I just don't bother. Yeah. Whereas I like the tangible. Flipping through pages and reading notes and looking at the artwork and stuff. And I, I mean, we're never going to have like a vinyl album artwork come back into the mainstream again. But like that big, the tangibility of it, it was, is part of the appeal to
1: me, I guess. I, the thing I, you know, that it makes a lot of sense to me is, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, specifically older people, but I, I can see it happening soon. I, you know, we talk about, um, carbon debt and we talk about the use of oil uh believe it or not there is a lot of oil used in the production of uh, cds and yeah. cassettes and everything plastics in general yeah. yeah exactly so if you could imagine that they put they did away with music uh liner notes all that stuff and everything was a- available online i mean y- I, I
2: i wouldn't be kicking and screaming if that happened right um but you know if as long as i can buy a cd I'll still be buying some CDs. Really? I mean, it doesn't mean I won't be doing a little bit of both. But I like—I I don't know. Okay.
1: Well, I'll get off uh, my high horse, and we'll, uh... I'm not
2: <laughs> ragging on you for it at all, Brian. No, but... that's all right.
1: We need to make uh, the the uh, segue into motion pictures, and uh, I I saw a movie this uh, this week, this past week, and uh, before we, I'm just gonna get it out right now. I saw Knocked Up. Um, at the old lady's request, I wasn't too excited about it, um, I, but I'd heard good things. I've
2: not seen it, but I've, uh, from the moment I first saw the first trailer, I was like, you know, this could be pretty funny. I don't think it's going to be, you know, revolutionary um, uh, um, film or anything. But
1: Well, I, uh, I ended up seeing it, and it's, it's one of the funnier movies I've seen in a long time. Uh, it's well done. The script is genius. Um, I mean, there's a lot of no-name actors for the most part. There's some familiar faces in there. Um, uh, the uh, somebody I can't. Somebody was on the panel last week complaining about it, saying that it wasn't believable that that guy could get that chick, and that was hard. Who cares? Yeah. It's a movie. Yeah, I uh, that I that didn't bother me uh, so much. Great movie. Uh, what really bothered me was the fact that it was a. Uh, where did we? I think I saw, I saw it at celebration. It was a sold out movie, so we had no choices to where we got to sit, right. pretty much. And uh, a certain gentleman behind me decided to dictate the entire to to the characters on the screen what was going on throughout the entire movie. I'm a big dude, but I'm not confrontational. I'm pretty low key, but I I almost had to turn around and deck this guy because it was driving me insane, insane. What? Why do people feel the need to talk?
2: I have a bad habit of talking during movies. I do my best to keep it quiet and, like, whisper to the person next to me, and a dirty look is all it takes to shut me up. Like, if the person in front of me turns around and just glares, I go, sorry, and I'm done. I'm not the guy shouting at the at the the movie screen, you know? Uh,
1: yeah, but, uh... <sighs> I, that's the thing. I don't mind people talking to each other. That doesn't bother me. Because usually when people talk to each other, it's usually low-key. And it's
2: intermittent. Yeah, and it's if fine. people
1: are talking to, to each other, usually the movie sucks. <laughs> so it's usually not a bad sign. But people screaming at the screen, it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Right. I paid just as much money as you did to be here. This is uh, uh, This is another one of those things of people forcing their... I, I, go,
2: going with this i saw this um a clip of this on the internet and i think it was on like uh good morning america that this clip was from but they uh recently they have these things now and i have no idea what theater it is and where it's at um but uh it's been invented you get this little remote and you have like buttons to push like so you can like covertly complain about other people
3: oh. to the management and they'll just come in and deal with which it which i don't think would help anything <laughs> like i mean that like it's so of, many more problems it seems like yeah cuz instead of Brock having to deal with the guy
2: talking loudly behind him the little nerdy <laughs> high school kid who works as an usher at
3: the <laughs>
0: yeah. movie theater has to walk has up to do someone do and be like
3: excuse me were you talking and
0: they'll just excuse be like me, oh. sir
1: <laughs> i need to talk to you well you know the other the, i've had a couple other situations where that's happened and people have complained but it's always so funny because like the ushers come in and the people stop talking and it's like oh no one's talking in here i'm just gonna you know right it. oh it drives me insane it, dr- oh, it drives me nuts that's why i refuse to go to a movie on opening week oh uh, yeah unless it's uh, like harry potter pirates or go,
2: uh, going back to what i was saying about bars i don't like lines i don't like waiting lines i i hate people i hate i don't like people i just don't i don't like crowds i don't I think that when you get people in large groups, they start acting like complete and utter idiots. And I just want to start punching people in the back of the (laughs) head.
3: MSU is the campus for you, huh? (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) It's the worst thing in the world. That's
2: why I love it here in the summer because there's like – you you walk from yeah. here to North Campus, yeah. and you walk past like three people so you're, on the whole mile walk. It's great.
1: So you're saying you're not going to Bonnaroo this weekend.
2: Oh, <laughs> I, I, I almost said something that we won't get an FCC violation for anymore. Uh, no, not a chance. I hate crowds. I hate festival concerts, and I yeah. hate hippies. Yeah. So I would never be co- go, go to Bonnaroo. Even, I don't care how great the music is. I, I don't like dealing with hippies. I don't like dealing with crowds, <laughs> and I don't like dealing with five dollar bottles of water yeah. and ten dollar slices of pizza. Yeah. Forget
1: it. Yeah, forget that. I'm. Where is Bonnaroo this year? Tennessee. Right? It's, it's in Tennessee every year. That's what I thought. Yeah. I bet it's not hot or nasty there either. Oh, the, uh,
2: speaking of festivals, though, there's one festival concert I've ever been to that I was completely satisfied with. In, in that, in the regards to the crowd, Summerfest in Milwaukee. Oh yeah, Milwaukee. I mean, say what you will about the city. They tend to be fairly conservative. Um, they're all drunk,
1: though. And, um, <laughs> nice.
2: Well, but they're courteous. They're also like, the safest
1: driving city in the U.S. Uh, it's
2: unbelievable. Yeah. Like you, You're downtown Milwaukee, and it's just packed, and you're going through a crowd, and it's like the single file one line moving through the crowd. Yeah. You always dread at some point that someone, 10 people in front of you is just going to stop and stare at the sky. Right. Because people do that in festival and I, Right. That did not happen once. Wow. And when everything was over and there was no more music playing, everyone just sort of like threw back the rest of their beer, looked around and shrugged and everyone just sort of walked towards the exits. And it was just really calm and friendly. And like, if someone bumped into you, they said, I'm sorry. Wow. Like it was just the best experience I've ever had at a festival. Wow. Thank you, the city of Milwaukee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ian, thanks you. Uh, weekly box office top five, by the way. Uh, Ocean's 13 opening weekend was a big one. Uh, Pretty good. Did you see it? Yeah, I, I saw see, it Monday. Uh, a dude fest, but...
2: Uh... You know, uh, I, I didn't see Ocean's 12. I saw Ocean's 11. Um, you, you have to walk into it expecting it to be just entertainment. It's You don't expect brilliant cinema. Right. You don't expect incredible character development or anything. It's just like you go in expecting to be entertained by a bunch of guys robbing a casino, and that's what you get. Wow. And as long as you just are willing to take it as just entertainment, it's good.
1: Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End in at number two, uh, which I thought was a fantastic movie. Uh, Knocked Up at number three, which is done quite well for being a fairly independent movie. I mean, it's not super independent, but it's not a major, major picture. Uh, Surf's Up! uh Pixar uh penguin surfing doing well at uh number four is the opening Won't weekend see it uh shrek the third still in at top five and uh, shrek the hurt third at two hundred and eighty one point five Million dollars uh, for their total uh, gross thus far. Movies opening this week. Uh, well, that's uh, that's actually now playing. Uh, oh, movies opening this week. Uh, there's a number of movies that are always on here that I'm always like, I want to see it, but they're nowhere around here. Uh, Eagle versus shark. I do not know if that will be. Uh, around here, I've just
2: seen internet banner ads for it. I don't know anything
3: about it. Is that exactly what it sounds
2: like? Yeah. uh, uh, (laughs) yeah, It's
1: just
3: an eagle and a shark
1: fighting for two hours. (laughs) Intense. Uh, A comedic tale about two socially awkward misfits and the strange ways they try to find love through revenge on high school bullies, burgers, and video games. They could have made this about the impact. Uh, (laughs) Seriously. Uh, The other big movie uh, opening this week, Fantastic 4: Rise of the Silver Surfer.
2: Won't see it. Really? I I didn't see the first Fantastic 4 cuz it looked so terrible and everyone I know who did was like, "Wow, that was really terrible." I don't know. <laughs> wow. I, that, that's going not going to make me want to go out and see the sequel from what I've heard, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm I'm okay with the Silver Surfer as a character and with Galactus um and the whole thing, but I never was a big Fantastic Four fan, and the movies just look bad.
1: Uh, Nancy Drew opening this weekend as well. Uh, Yeah, Nancy Drew, that Nancy Drew, and Ratatouille, another Disney Pixar Eh. uh, making it, which will probably be a big one. Uh, See, here's a thing that I I don't agree with on Hollywood.com. DOA, Dead or Alive... Uh, the quick synopsis is Four voluptuous girls Each with unique fighting styles Are invited to partake in the Dead or Alive World fighting tournament on an exotic island What do you think that's rated? Thirteen Yeah, exactly You can't use the word voluptuous in girls in a sentence And rate anything PG-13 <laughs> Oh yeah,
2: you can <laughs> Just no frontal That's all. Uh, yeah, that's the only rule
1: uh, anyway, uh, out on DVD this week, one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time, Ghost Rider. Uh, Again,
2: terrible comic book movie. Like It just looked so awful. bad I wouldn't see it.
1: it the, the CG was cool, but the movie... The, the acting was awful. The script was awful. Mendez
2: didn't carry it through. Yeah.
1: The thing about Nicolas
2: Cage is when he's in movies, I don't ever look at him and think, you know, what is, what's Ghost Rider going to do next? I would be thinking... What's Nick Cage going to do next? The whole time, he doesn't fit, doesn't ever slide into his characters. He's all he's on the screen and he's Nicolas Cage to me. He's never the character. Yeah. So I, I won't go see any, well, I won't say I won't go see anything he ever does, but I just like, I can't take him all that seriously.
1: Hmm. Uh, I, he's usually, I I usually like him. Uh, like terrible movies like National Treasure, I think he does well. You know,
2: I saw part of National Treasure on television a while ago, and yeah, it was okay.
1: You know, I, I didn't exactly, uh, expect brilliance, but No, I, you shouldn't. But, you know, you, you think about movies like The Rock, and you're like, oh, yeah.
2: Oh, the, okay, The Rock was pretty fun, I'll admit that. Speaking but, that of, but Connery was in it. And-
1: speaking of uh, The Rock and Sean Connery, we, uh, you just told me that he is definitely... Not in for the new Indiana Jones movie, yeah. which is due out next year.
2: Yeah, he won't. Be, he won't be coming out of retirement to do Indy Four. He says he thought long and hard about it, uh, but in the end, quote, retirement is just too damned much fun.
1: So the Indiana Jones Four without Sean Connery. Uh, are they gonna Are they Are they gonna replace him? You think, or are they? No,
2: I think they're just not gonna write him in. Just kill him off. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't. I, w- I wouldn't put it past them to have it's you know Indy grieving over the death of his dad or something. But um, Harrison Ford is obviously back on board for it. Um, Steven Spielberg, uh, George Lucas, both yep. working on it. Yep. Um, I don't know who's writing exactly. a Buff, Yeah, he's gonna be in it, and there's no exact word. As to who he's doing, um, apparently he's bulking up and putting on some muscle for the role. Yeah. Um, juice. The wor- juice. The the word is Indy's son. Now, that makes total sense, and I can see the the kid pulling it off pretty well. But um, they, they're not they're not um, giving away anything. Uh,
1: I'm super excited about it. Super duper excited. Um, What's... I. Although I can't believe it took uh, George Lucas this long to decide that uh, he
2: needed more money.
1: Well, yeah. If (laughs) if you've heard anything behind the reasoning why the it's taken this long, Harrison Ford's going to be almost seventy by time. Uh,
3: Holy cow!
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Will (laughs) you start? (laughs) He's not. He's in his sixties. Really? Oh yeah. That's great. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Look it up on your fancy computer. I'm pretty sure Harrison Ford is in his sixties. Okay, well... Because Clint Eastwood's got to be, like, 110.
2: (laughs) But, I mean, like, um, one of the things that I think is going to be really interesting to see with this is they have to put him, you know, let's say 15, 20 years in the future from where he was in the movies. Last Crusade, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Last Crusade. interesting thing about him is um, Last Crusade is the last in the timeline. It was the last one made. But uh, Temple of Doom was the second movie made, but it's the first in the chronology of the stories. Right, right. And so they're, like... Um, Temple of Doom, not Temple of Doom. Last Crusade is early forties, I think, is yeah. when it's taking
1: place. It's so, they're gonna ha- yeah. so they're going to have to put at least fifteen years on that. Well, but here's the thing, though. He can't look any older because in the Last Crusade, this is so nerdy. Uh, chicks, uh, don't listen right now. This is uh, in the Last Crusade. <laughs> he uh, he drank from the Holy Grail, so now he's immortal. Right?
2: Not true, because he didn't stay there. He he left. The um the the rule was that he could do that, but he had to stay there behind that seal on the floor.
1: Oh, so he's not immortal.
2: No, not anymore. Oh. He would have been had he stayed. And that's why that one night in that movie oh, was yeah, still yeah. there. Okay. But had that night left, he would have died too. Oh,
1: all right. Well, thanks for
2: explaining that. Harrison Ford was born in 1942.
1: 1942. sixty-five. Sixty-five. Told you. Wow. I told you, man. Well, he's <laughs> doing pretty well for a sixty-five-year-old man,
2: because I wouldn't have quite placed him that old.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's up there. Uh, let's talk about TV real quick. Um, I, uh, <laughs> if you've seen, I like to. Speaking of Nazis, I spend a lot of my time <laughs> watching the History Channel, where the H stands for Hitler, uh, and they have a new show coming out. Ice Road Truckers. Have you seen the answer I, I, have, I have.
2: I don't get the History Channel, but I've seen the, the commercial on... Uh, why is that on the History Channel, by the way? That's not history, is it?
3: Um, uh, it's another means to become closer to Discovery. To, uh, I mean, like, putting oh, it on
2: Discovery... No. Or, like, doesn't Discovery own History Channel?
1: I, I uh. think so. I th- I, they, they're all of the same company, I think. I don't know. Because um,
2: Discovery Channel, TLC, Animal Planet, Travel Channel... BBC America, Science Channel, Military Channel, are all Discovery Networks. I'm looking at it right now. So, no, they don't own that channel.
1: here's the thing. Uh, Discovery Channel has been killing in ratings with uh, Deadliest Catch. Now, here's the first paragraph synopsis of Ice Road Truckers. The History Channel embarks upon an unparalleled adventure revealing the virtually unknown occupation of... Ice road trucking. Considered to be one of the world's most dangerous jobs, Uh, Ice Road Truckers charts two months in the lives of six extraordinary men who haul vital supplies to diamond mines over frozen lakes that double as roads. Uh,
2: to diamond mines Yeah Because that's the noblest profession in the world Canada
1: is now stands as the third largest diamond producer in the world Really? Yeah Wow I was not aware of that uh, Yeah, okay So, dudes driving big rigs over ice um. Yeah, you've seen the
2: commercials <laughs> And there's one of them as it's like breaking through and sinking in the ice
1: Yeah, sweet um, Really, you need to make it an entire uh, season of shows Have about- you
2: seen Deadliest Catch? I like it. I've never catch. watched it. I like it. I don't get the History Channel. Uh, or, or, that's on Discovery, isn't yeah. it? Uh, I don't actually, get the History Channel.
1: It's pretty good, although for those fans who watch Deadly's Catch, they now have Deadliest Catch after the catch, which is basically a clip show with all the dudes sitting around a table drinking beer and is the most ridiculous way to, <laughs> to extend a season I've ever seen. Brock, it's
2: not that... Uh, biggest step above what we're doing right now.
1: Yeah, well, we're I, not
2: actually drinking beer at the moment, but I, I mean,
1: I so wish we were. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, um, I also saw uh, that you've seen advertisements if you've spent, uh, unless you're like Ian and don't have cable. Uh, I have
2: cable. I just have twelve channels. Okay, uh,
1: they've, <laughs> I they've have been, basic. They've been advertising the heck out of Little Bush on Comedy Central, which premiered last night after a, a, one of my favorite reruns of South Park and uh, it's awful um, and you know first of all it's the second Bush comedy show because That's My Bush by Matt Stone and Trey Parker which
2: when I caught parts of it was kind of it's funny it's actually pretty and it was, good it was stupid right. but it was Matt Stone and Trey Parker yeah, so I mean yeah of course uh,
1: the second Make Fun of Bush show um, it's a cartoon uh, I, although who did you say was voicing Iggy Pop is voicing Lil Rummy <laughs> which is fantastic obviously uh, Little uh, Rumsfeld um I don't know. It'll last for about three shows, uh, and it will.
2: But you know what? When I first saw Chappelle's show, I was like, "This is hysterical," but no one's gonna watch it. Right. I was convinced that no one was gonna watch Chappelle's show, and then it just blew up, and you know, I I was surprised.
1: Uh, also, uh, big. I, I don't know if you've been paying attention over the past week, but apparently, uh, a show called The Sopranos <laughs> ended, uh, and a lot of people are very upset about it. Uh, I've, I've read numerous blogs of friends that are, are, um, very big Sopranos people and they were just, uh, like literally typing in all caps, screaming in their blogs because they were so upset.
2: Darn. Uh, <laughs> well, I've never, ever seen the Sopranos. I I've haven't just either. Never watched it. I don't get HBO and I'm not going to bother checking out the DVDs. I don't think, um, I, I believe you that it's a quality show. Everyone who's picking up their phone, to yell at me right now. All two of you, because <laughs> they're, they're the only yeah. two people listening. Um, but wow, um, I, I just—I don't know. It didn't sound that great to me. But what I, everything I've heard about the ending of this series, I really love it. The director refu—the creator director guy—refuses to apologize for anything he did. When it aired, he left the country for like a few days simply so he wouldn't have to do any press about it because he didn't want to talk to it so there's a few days until afterwards until he uh spoke about it but they just faded the show out in the middle of a scene that's how they ended the series i think that's a brilliant thing to do just because it's just i don't know it's different i'd I'd rather see that than have like every major character get shot you know like which is what you expect at the end of a mob drama right yeah
1: I don't know. Uh impact happy hours a screen name via AOL instant messenger and messaging back and forth with the uh with a, a few people. Um I what do you think about I saw the argument uh, a couple times that the uh, the show was only big because of its fans and that the writers owed the fans uh a an ending that was more uh, with more closure, I guess you could say. Man, yeah, I eh, I, don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't
2: care. I think that it's um it wouldn't have had any fans without the writers, I mean, just to turn the argument around right yeah. without the writers writing that show and writing and making it what it was, and the, you know the director and everybody who had this vision to make it what it is, you wouldn't have had any fans, mm-hmm. so I think you're a fan of what it was, so why not accept their judgment on this part too
1: yeah i've never been that invested in the show that uh at the season finale. I get mad
2: when they mess up twenty four I'm not going to pretend that I don't because that's the only show I make an appointment to watch, but
1: yeah, I don't, I, uh, I mean, I, I'm a big house fan and that, that show's going, uh, downhill significantly. I but catch I, house when
2: it's on. That's really all I don't like go out of my way, but it's yeah. pretty good. Pretty funny. Uh,
1: I, uh, someone makes a, uh, makes a, a point on here that, um, that they don't blame the, the fans, uh, it isn't a show only popular because of its fans. Uh, and isn't that what popularity is? I, I see. I don't know. I I don't know if you have to cater to people I, as much as do you think art should cater to?
2: I, uh, any art is in, is insignificant without an audience. It, of I mean, whether the art's intended to be privately consumed, so the you know the, you know, the audience is like you and your brother. You know, maybe like yeah. um, or the, if, the, if the the audience can even just be yourself, I guess. But without having. Some kind of audience, it doesn't really mean anything, but no, it's being created because this is what, if I guess, I don't know if we want to call this the Sopranos art necessarily, but like you create art because you want to create something that you believe in. I mean, it's not,
1: well, I, I, the one thing that I would understand, um, if
2: if we're trying to do it just to like uh, sell a million copies, they're gonna do like you'll have Britney the Britney Spears of television. Basically, it's just marketed to a point and overproduced to a point that it's just like how many million people can we get to watch this and quality be damned.
1: I, yeah, I, the only point that I can see is you know you take a uh, you take a show like like House for example, it's on a network um and you would be surprised that i would i would be willing to bet with his, those kind of shows that have the message boards that are as big as they are um i'm sure the networks actually pay attention to those and they do um but when you're on a network like hbo that you're paying for do you think that you know compared to network tv which you're not paying for you should have more uh, more say in
2: I I think it's worth it if the networks want to pay attention to what people think. Great, let them do it. And and a lot of the times, as you pointed out, they do. But um, no, they don't. <laughs> they don't owe it to anyone. I mean, if they wanted to, they can do whatever they want with their their property, their show. And if they screw it up, and don't. people stop watching, well, that's their fault. Yeah. But. Um, uh, I think writing by consensus of the of the masses of millions is the worst thing you could do. you're going to end up with just the most middle of the road slop, yeah, and it's going to be junk
1: uh, are the uh somebody makes a point as well that um an example is quality is even greater than popularity uh for instance deadwood was probably the best show to ever be on hbo but had no fans and got cut drastically short well that, that's the way most television is the best stuff is usually the stuff that goes they did it
2: they did it to uh, studio 60 which i thought was brilliant and uh,
1: arrested development all right uh which had which actually had lots of fans but fox just didn't like it for some reason Well actually no apparently no one was watching it though everybody was a fan of it yeah right it was bizarre you know what I'm curious about? Greg, None of the
3: Nielsen homes are watching,
2: well, is these, I guess what it comes down yeah, to. I
1: still
3: don't have faith in that system. What is that? Well, the
1: Nielsen <laughs> – uh, well, yeah, listen to this. Um, the, for those of you not familiar with radio, I could do an entire show on this, but we'll do it real quick. Something called the Portable uh, People Meter coming out uh, in January. Basically, the way radio ratings were taken before um, is that if you were in uh, Arbitron household, basically they would call you and ask you to uh, – to to take ratings like they'd send you a book and you have to write down what stations you listen to and when and stuff. Um, But now there's... And I'm not actually sure how the portable people meter works uh, unless it has something to do with it records... um, I, I don't know. <laughs> but right. supposedly it's it's going to change because Nielsen is a box. So like, Nielsen, if you're a Nielsen family, it's a box that sits on your TV.
2: It didn't used to be. It used to be just like right. Arbitron. Right, so but
1: it, now it's a box that sits on your TV and, and it's what you watch. But what I'm curious is, um, uh, aside from the point of radio because I don't want to get into it because uh, I don't really know that much about the portable people meter, is I wonder how Nielsen takes into account DVR. Like, if you're not watching a show at a specific time but you watch it later... Is there? Is it is still taking a signal from DVR or not? I think because you know a lot of shows are watched exclusively on DVR. I think
2: now. that has. I think that has to be the case because I mean, uh, just as a, as a guess to how this box works, is it just pays attention to whatever? I mean, like DVR, you can only record one channel at a time, correct? Or no? Can you do multiples? I don't know. I, don't I you one. know I really don't know. I don't have one either. So um, I would just imagine it pays attention to whatever signal is being sent to a TV and as far as it's concerned that DVR is just another television
1: yeah hmm maybe that's that's Atomic for another time
2: I'm pulling it out of somewhere so
1: (laughs) well I actually have to do some research and uh Uh, not be like other uh, radio hosts and talk about stuff I actually know about. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, Up next, The Basement, two hours of local music featuring Amanda, and then uh, coming up at 10 o'clock, The Hours of Power featuring Pukepaw. Once again, MySpace.com slash Impact Happy Hour. Facebook, we're there. Impact Happy Hours is the name of the group. Uh, Thanks for listening. Uh, It's been Impact Happy Hour. It's right here on The Future of Music, Impact 89FM.